Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, when we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they're putting out important news. With us today, back again, Steve McCauley, CEO of Empire Clinics, trades on the CSC under the stock symbol CBDT in the US, EPWCF, and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under 8EC. For those of you who are new to the story, uh, Empire is a vertically integrated CBD life sciences company. What does that mean? They're a multi-state operator of multiple medical health and wellness clinics and telemedicine. But what, that's what does that translate into? That's the most important thing that we'll be talking about today. They've got a patient database of over 165,000 patients. Their patient visit numbers are growing. For 2019, up 110%. For Q4, up 251%. And for Q1 2020, sorry, 2020, up 377%. And remember, that's pre-COVID. There was almost no COVID patient visits up at that time. What's that translating to revenues in US dollars? Uh, 2019 was up 86% to just over $2 million. Q4 up 217% to $625,000. And Q1 up 416% to $790,000 US. Again, no COVID numbers in there, but you can see the trend. I don't have to point it out for you. Here to talk about the numbers is Steve. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, George, thank you. Always a pleasure to uh, spend some time with you and uh, your followers. We're glad to have you because you're always doing great things, right? That's the best part. When you're one of those few companies out there in the CBD space that isn't just talking about ideas and plans and maybe, man, you're making it happen. So, before we dig in a little bit to the numbers, how happy is your company? How happy should your shareholders be about these trends, both in patient visits and you know, US dollar revenues over the last three reporting periods? Well, I think everybody should be really pleased. Uh, you know, we, I, I can categorize you know, 2019 as a year of fundamental change and shifting the landscape of the company. Right. And what we're finally seeing, probably for the first time, is the result of all of that effort and those changes actually throwing, flowing through into the financial statements. And that's obviously what shareholders want to see, but there's always a little bit of lag in that coming through. So you know, we continually talk about this important uh, key performance indicator, which is our patient growth or how many patients are we seeing? And you know, that really is that strong leading indicator to future revenue showing up in the financial sure. statements. And you know, as we saw the year end, we're you know, almost doubled the size of the revenue footprint. Uh, Q1, you know, it's, it's a real 416% of, of total revenue growth. And we're seeing that flow through to cash flow uh, in you know just the operating cash, and in fact, we had uh, in the first quarter a net positive operating cash flow, including the corporate layer. 
So you think about all the expenses corporately in a small cap company like ours. Sure. Um, we generated positive cash flow from operations uh, in Q1. So let's go into some of these numbers a little bit. I almost want to call it uh, B, uh, BC before COVID and then after COVID, okay? Because uh, your patient visits by Q1, right? That's January, February, March of this year. COVID was just coming in. You hadn't announced any initiatives yet because you move really fast in that. You're already up 377% for the quarter on patient visits. What were you doing so well then? And then we're going to talk about what you've done since then. But what were you doing so well to have that kind of growth? Well, there's, there's two major things taking place here, um, all related to the Sun Valley acquisition. So what we see is the benefit of an acquisition strategy when it's the right target and they're the right group and, and you get the valuation right and then you can integrate. So we're seeing that benefit of the success of the Sun Valley clinics coming into the overall volume model. Secondly, is Sun Valley clinics at their own right, we're also generating record patient visits each month. So not only do we get the benefit of them coming in in their historical volume, but they were just doing a great job in continuing to attract existing patients coming back in for renewals, but also very importantly, they were attracting new patients, gaining new market share. And again, nothing to do with COVID-19 nope, strategies or service because that had not actually come online for us uh, in the first quarter. But you have to give yourself some credit there, right, Steve? Because you came in and you started implementing some fantastic marketing platforms, text, email, call center, all those things. So naturally, Sun Valley is a great acquisition, great group. But fair to say, and look, take a victory lap. You supercharged that. You really added in your layer of experience and, and savvy to, to start really hitting some great growth numbers. Well, I, I think, you know, certainly I appreciate, you know, the, the kind words on that, but, you know, I'm, I'm one person just sort of kind of uh, spearheading and, and maybe working on direction, but uh, there's no way this is done without uh, the great team members that we have. And that includes uh, the remaining groups uh, in Portland, in our, our Portland clinic. They're performing as good as they've ever performed, you know, historically from whenever I took over. So they're really contributing and they're cash flow positive in their own right. And then the great team at Sun Valley, kind of at all levels, um, have, you know, I've, I've talked about them with admiration, but it comes from um, a real position of caring, but also objectivity. Um, they're very good at what they do. Um, they're very good at the uh, managing the patient um, experience. They're very good with technology and they're very good with operational discipline. And, you know, the world that we showed up in in March, at the end of March, we had to operationally overhaul how we operate because of COVID. But through all of that, they figured it out. Uh, we didn't have to let go of any employees whatsoever. And in fact, we've been on a kind of a hiring frenzy for the last yeah. few days. And uh, this is what we know, and this is what we know about Q2, April, uh, I'm going to read it here, but we know that from a prior press release, April patient growth was up 870%. And for July, you've already announced that you had to hire a whole boatload more people. You're expecting that to be a record. So April would be the first month of Q2 and July would be the first month of Q3. Um, so not talking numbers because you can't do that, but just from a patient visitor, you know, growth, how 
how happy, how are things looking in Q2 and Q3? Yeah, I mean, the indicators are all positive. I, you know, the, the April numbers, again, were just, you know, staggering year-over-year growth. Um, again, yeah. a reflection of the success of Sun Valley um, and, and Portland doing, you know, uh, keeping their contributions high. And as we get into the third quarter, you know, we, we typically, in the Arizona market, you would start to see a bit of a seasonal uh, sort of slowdown where you'd see a few percentage points reduction in patient traffic, mainly because, you know, the, the state is so hot at that time. A lot Not of vacation. the People snowbirds, um, you know, have left and, and don't come back until the fall. But, you know, for whatever reason, perhaps somewhat attributable to what's going on with COVID, but I think more attributable to um, really how valuable um, the Sun Valley service offerings are to our patients in such a difficult time in our lives we have not seen that real seasonal slowdown that we normally expect. And Forget so, about not seeing a slowdown. You're, you're, you look like July is going to be a potential record because uh, yeah. it's not over yet. But you listen, you're a small cap company with limited resource. No matter how successful you are, you've got limited financial resources. You didn't just go hire a whole bunch of more people on a whim. Uh, you yeah. obviously have some numbers internal that you're looking at saying, hey, at this growth, at this level of patient growth, we've got to hire on more people. So, well, you're, you're absolutely right. And right. I mean, Q3 is going to be an amazing quarter. <laughs> yeah, we, we think, we think so. And, and it's really about meeting uh, market demand, you know, AKA patient demand. So uh, I can tell you that uh, in the last 60 days, uh, there has been more hiring done at Sun Valley than in the past two years. Uh, in the last 30 days, uh, we've onboarded 10 new employees and we've elevated um, or promoted four people to new management layer positions that didn't exist before because we need to fill these roles to serve the demand that is in front of us. And so the team, again, have done a great job in analyzing where the demand is going to come from in our more diversified service offerings. And again, I've talked about this previously, we, we do we do expansion as controlled pilots first so that we don't get on the wrong side of the service offering. We don't make huge mistakes. And once we get the operational uh, performance sort of locked in, then we start to open up our demand. So we're in the opening demand phase Holy of moly. COVID testing, right? We're in the opening demand phase of additional pilots that you know, uh, we haven't really even touched on yet in the market. Um, that, uh, again, the market is demanding uh, different varieties of COVID-related testing. Um, so there'll be more announcements coming on that in the very near future. So you're talking, Steve, going beyond your phase one, phase two, phase three that you'd laid out for everybody, uh, and you're going to even more, not necessarily phase, but more COVID testing. Uh, you're going to go B2B, you're going to do the drive-through, but now in clinic, now you're going to go beyond that? Well, there, there, what we're discovering is that there are other value, valuable or value-add services related to COVID testing that are really noteworthy to bring to market. And, you know, unfortunately, the state of Arizona is, is really suffering um, as a percentage of population uh, with COVID cases. And there's just a, there's a heightened you know, awareness um, uh, of the good citizens in the state of Arizona uh, with the problems of the pandemic. We just happen to have a, a strong clinic footprint. Uh, we have a valuable brand, particularly in the greater Phoenix area. 
and we're just utilizing our assets to try to assist. Uh, on top of the assisting and, and being good sort of, you know, uh, community members and neighbors, um, there's a, a very important revenue model here for us. It's us recognizing the strength in our assets and then leveraging those assets to provide additional value added services that ultimately bring shareholder value back for, for everyone who's you know, participating in the company. So I had a question for you originally before we got on screen where I was going to say, are these growth numbers sustainable? Clearly, not only they're sustainable, but they're accelerating. Is that, am I, am I reading too much into it or am I correct in just looking at what you're saying plus some of the raw data on patient visits saying that in fact, the business is accelerating because I thought, okay, maybe it's going to max out peak Corona concern. You know, you're going to get to a certain point where you can't just keep growing forever, but this seems like it's only accelerating right now and into the foreseeable future. Am I, am I reading into that? Yeah. I mean, we're definitely accelerating. There's no doubt. I mean, I don't, you know, I can't say that uh, we're going to see, you know, certain months that are going to be 800% over 800% over 800%. You know, we, you know, that would be uh, unfair, uh, but it is fair to uh, characterize that we are still seeing uh, strong growth trajectories going on and we're seeing, and this is something that pleases me quite a bit is that we're seeing the diversification efforts start to translate into different revenue streams that we never had before. Um, different patient categories that we've never had before. Wow. And that actually excites me as much as anything. I mean, we, we still want to continue to deliver on our core services for our core patient base. Um, but it's been mission critical for me and on behalf of the company and shareholders that we become a much more diversified health and wellness uh, company and also starting to target uh, some of the mental health uh, issues and opportunities from a business standpoint that are in front of us right now. And I, you know, we certainly all believe will be with us for a very long time. Man, it's like we're in simpatico because that was exactly what I was about to ask you, which is what are you guys foreseeing internally? Um, is, is COVID, you know, it's going to continue to be a problem. And as a result, are you going to have to deal with not only just testing, but the mental health issues that come with it. And I was actually going to dovetail that into the psychedelics initiative that you've you've already announced. So you're seeing a real long tail here. This is going to be this is going to be a this is going to be something for you guys for quite a while. Yeah, and, and those those points that you just sort of laid out uh, um, are all you know inextricably interconnected with each yeah, other for sure. And uh, so this is where the long tail comes from. And if you look at market research, I mean, uh, the mental health crisis globally right now is $11 trillion a year with a T. And uh, it's not confined to uh, one geography. It's not confined to one certain demographic. Um, it affects all society in one form or the other. So what we're seeing in our research and in our forecasts, and as we model this out, is that the requirements to support patients' qualifying conditions um, uh, is not going away. How we support COVID strategies is not looking like it's going away anytime soon uh, in the markets that we serve. And also, we don't know what this concept of second wave, third wave may look like. And for what extended period of time 
even all the way up to vaccines being created and the time that it takes for vaccines to be administered, because you got to understand that that takes a long time to get millions of uh, vaccines, you know, to people. So we foresee forecast that the demand for ongoing COVID testing, particularly around business employee testing programs, uh, is going to be with us for very long time. So therefore, worthwhile investing in the platforms, the systems, and the manpower to support it. And I want to ask you specifically about the B2B side, which is going into, you know, Agoracom and ABC widgets, next YZ technologies, right into their workplaces, restaurants. Uh, how is that side of the business looking? Because I got to figure there, that's got to be a very lucrative because you got most companies who they're not going to haggle over price. I mean, you're not going to be gouging anybody. I want to make sure we're very clear, but they're not going to be, no one's going to be price haggling. Agoracom is going to say, Hey, I've got 22 employees over here. We need you guys in and testing us once a week or once a month. How is that side looking? Because the last time we spoke, you were just kicking into that. Yeah. So uh, we, we are seeing the momentum come that we anticipated. What we're seeing, particularly in, in the state that we operate in, uh, the big state of Arizona, is that with this heightened you know, pressure and the, they're sort of uh, falling back to a more uh, critical state related to COVID cases, is that that increased demand uh, for our services is, is absolutely there. And you're right, we don't price gouge, we're very fair in the market, yeah, uh, but um, everything is ordered and registered through our uh, business employee testing landing pages. The businesses register how many uh, uh, employees or patients they want tested and what frequency, they swipe their credit card in advance and we're fully paid up and scheduling that appointment uh, to go ahead and, and do the test day or test morning, whatever the case may be. So that we're seeing increased demand. We have had to hire staff to be ready to fill that increasing demand. So we're on this cycle of hire, add more test capacity. The test capacity gets scooped up right away. We're backfilling by hiring more people, more specialists. And what we're doing now is we're backfilling into clinic hours that were not normally open. You know, we tend to be a bit more of a nine to five, you know, Monday through Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, so now, but we have these evening hours, early morning hours, weekend hours, where we haven't had the manpower on the ground to be able to open up those uh, clinic days or clinic appointments for our COVID testing. But now we can because we've got people up and trained now. Uh, so we can go ahead and start to feel comfortable to open up those time slots. They get backfilled and, and we just you know, keep on processing. So that's the cycle that we're in right now. Um, as we continue to expand our manpower, we just expand the reach um, and our volume. We have a very good handle on supply chain uh, with respect to sourcing our test kits. And I've got some more announcements coming up uh, in the very near future related to that supply chain and uh, more expansion on the, the types of kits that we'll be offering in the very near future. And I almost want to ask you about all of it, but we're going to save it for future press releases. But it, there is no doubt in my mind, me listening to this, that the business is mushrooming right now. Uh, and, and we're still adding layers and layers. So, man, this could turn out to be a really unbelievable year for, for the company and its shareholders and, and all stakeholders. Um, 
Yeah, you know, we, we think wait. so. Yeah, we think so. And I, I do want to also finish on kind of the third part of the initial question there, and that's how this translates into the, our, our sort of move to our psychedelics. Uh, well, thank you. Right. Thanks for picking that up. And so again, the qualifying conditions that we sort of see every day in the clinics, we know there's a heightened level of anxiety and uh, mental health issues that have really come to the surface uh, because of COVID. We all sadly do anticipate uh, potentially extended economic challenges as, a, as it relates to this. So different than the health aspect of COVID um, will be the economic potential fallout and the long lasting impacts of that on mental health. So we fully intend to continue to push our new psychedelics division. I just came off a of financing that closed, I believe it was July 2nd or July 4th. Oversubscribed. And, and yeah, yeah, fully subscribed at the level that we wanted to do. And, you know, really earmarking um, those funds to help now further kickstart that launch. Uh, we are actively looking for additional clinics and or clinic groups to start to add into that next phase of kind of quantum growth um, that really will, you know, really akin to what we did with, uh, you know, being able to locate the, the great group of Sun Valley clinics and rolling them in. You know, a year later, we see such great integration and impact to the financial strength of the public company. But we intend to continue to replicate that scenario um, or strategy to get that quantum growth. So we can keep those 400% growths and 500% growths kind of rolling through the, the financials in, uh, in, you know, in later, later points in time. You talk, and since you say the financials, that's a good segue into... Not everything has been unicorns uh, and rainbows. You did have the cease trade order because you needed to file the financials. Obviously, those are done, done superbly. They were great. But, you know, putting you on the spot a little bit as a company, why was it necessary? Why it happened? And, and will those conditions be uh, potentially replicated again where it might happen again? Or, or, or is this leftover remnant stuff from 2019 that now you can say goodbye to forever? I think it's the latter, you know, going through this. I mean, I think my message to um, all of our followers and shareholders is to, you know, please recognize um, how difficult audits are to begin with. And then you put in this, you know, COVID scenario and understand the dynamics behind the scenes. So, at the corporate level, we're all working remotely. You know, at the clinic level, we've got clinic staff working with each other each and every day, but the, the corporate management layer of Sun Valley and the corporate management layer of the public company, we're all working remotely. Um, and if, in, in a typical year, when you do an audit, you tend to huddle together in a conference room and you're, you're pulling right. support documents and you're doing it all together and you've got your whiteboard and your spreadsheets kind of following you through. Uh, it just was, you know, exacerbated difficulty this year. On top of that, 2019 was just a fundamental year of change, um, which was based on cleanup, especially in the first half of the year, which saw uh, me take the decision that we needed to close down some you know, uh, operations from the old Empower um, Healthcare Network in the Pacific Northwest. Then we had a wonderful acquisition with uh, Sun Valley Clinics, but what, what that does for you is it triggers um, extra external work 
um, required by the auditors, which is purchase price allocation accounting. And then in this particular uh, year of COVID pandemic, they asked the question on whether or not uh, impairment testing should be done um, because of the environment that we're in. The result of that question was that they required us to not only do the PPA, but also do the impairment testing. Those unto themselves are very onerous, difficult exercises that we have to go through. It absolutely added uh, time uh, to the whole uh, process. Now, I did manage to get a management cease trade order uh, in place, which, which effectively halts, halts me as a CEO, but allows the company to continue to trade. We got just kind of unlucky with the securities commissions. You know, they have to do their job and I completely respect it. Um, but we, we had, they decided they would go to full halt um, just two days before we were scheduled to file. And uh, there was nothing um, that I could do to get them to budge off that. So um, the, the cease trade order uh, came through. Two days later, we filed our year end, which put us to just before the weekend here. And we filed our Q1. And then the, the process of getting reinstated is not completely straightforward. Uh, it takes a little bit of effort. And there's usually a sort of a two-day business cycle time to get that done. But it's all behind us. I have all the confirmations from the Securities Commissions uh, that the revocation status um, is coming through. Yeah, all behind you. And now we know that the core business is doing great. Uh, the, the COVID side of the business is doing great. More is coming. We don't know what it is, but you definitely, you're telling us that there are more announcements coming about the growth. And you've, you've even kicked in the possibility of, of now searching for even more M&A. So, yeah. you know, this is now the Steve McCauley show. This is what we've all been waiting for. 2019, completely behind you because you don't have to deal with any audits relating to that anymore. And it's amazing to see, Steve, what you're doing right now. It's, it's exciting. And you and I keep saying that but sometimes it takes longer for a company to get recognized. Cause look, you do have these bumps, you did have the management cease trade, you have the company cease trade, uh, but it all, it all uh, came out great in the end. And now going forward, I think it's gonna be really, I don't wanna say blue sky, cause that implies something that I don't wanna be implying for people at home, that's up for you to decide, but clear sailing uh, and, it's, and you're the commander of the ship and it, lo and it looks great. Well, thank you. And it is, you know, it can be a challenge when, when you're in our role, at, you know, at management and our board of directors. I mean, I knew what the year end was going to look like. I knew what uh, Q1 uh, was going to look like uh, as we were going through audit, as we were going through, um, you know, a management cease trade orders. And, and that's really just taking advantage of the regulatory uh, rules that are available to us. Um, all intended to uh, protect shareholders um, as much as possible um, through the regulatory framework. And so we, we did everything right um, in, in utilizing the tools that were available to us. Um, again, we just got a little bit uh, unlucky on that uh, timing there for a couple of days, uh, but we've worked through it you know, through the, the, the weekend and uh, into uh, yesterday and today. And we find ourselves out the other side. And yes, we, you know, I, I have the confidence of being able to know that we've we've presented, you know, uh, probably better than expected uh, earnings results, financial yeah. results um, yeah, than for sure, and we're maybe even hoped for. Uh, I'm incredibly proud of that, um, and very proud of my team 
for helping deliver that together because we, we do it as a team. There's no, it's not one person show here. It's, this is a team effort all the way through. Um, and we don't get through a thing like an audit without team. And uh, we, we've got a great team around us. You know, I, I know you can't give numbers. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit just to read your face. But just you, you said something there. You know what your end Q4 number is going to be. You knew where your Q1 number is going to be because you've got these great reporting systems. So you, you had that confidence, even though you had to go through the turbulence. Just looking at you straight in the eye. How does Q2 and Q3 look? <laughs> well, I know you can't again, say it, but I let's see the gleam in your eye. Hey, you know, you know, again, I, we can confidently, uh, you know, continue to report some key, you know, um, key performance indicators, right? Some KPIs. And uh, again, for us, uh, you know, our patient count, you know, obviously is, is uh, uh, key and, and understanding the business model that we run, um, we don't have any accounts receivable. So uh, we are in a situation like we don't currently have any medical billing that would require a month or two months or more uh, sort of cash flow cycle on an accounts receivable. Um, our patients for the services that we provide, we're paid on the spot. And obviously in some of our newer programs, we're paid in advance. Right, the business so, program paid in right. advance. Before you get to Agorcom's office, you've already been paid. Yeah, so we, we know what's going on. Uh, so when, when we have our KPIs that we do talk about, um, what I know and, and can tell everybody is that we have the cash in hand to support that KPI already. And, you know, and that may change in the future where you know, perhaps we find clinic groups that have certain parts of their revenue model that include medical billing, but currently we don't. And so that's just the framework of what, uh, you know, what we are today. So that helps me already know, you know, what our results are going to look like for Q2. And then we obviously have an indicator of where we're going in Q3 because uh, we're already in it, right? You know, July is almost over. And um, well, you've already said in the press release that July looks like it's going to be a record month in terms yeah. of patient visits. So, yeah, was, as we came off the first 15 days of the month and we, you know, instantly look at, you know, our, our daily reports, I'm like, okay, team, you know, you know, great job because it's, this is one heck of a month already and we're only halfway through. Steve, amazing as always, man. Congratulations Thank on you. what you've been able to uh, pull off, but even love the fact that you get on here to talk to both. Agoracom members, but at the same time, also talk to your own shareholders as well. We know all of them watch it. Uh, all I can say is I can't wait to see what's going to happen in QT, Q2, Q3, and I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen 12, 18 months from now. But it's amazing having you at the helm of this ship and leading a great team. Thanks for joining us today. It's been awesome. George, thank you. We really appreciate your time and uh, the kind words. Really appreciate it. You've been watching Steve McCauley, CEO of Empower Clinics. Trades on the CSC under the stock symbol CBDT, CBD, great symbol there, CBDT. For our friends in the U.S., EPWCF, and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under 8EC, you've watched what Steve had to say or you've been listening by podcast, you've heard what he's had to say. Man, do your due diligence. This is an exciting company, doing exciting things. I gave you the growth numbers. I'm not going to give them to you again, but patient visits blowing up, revenue numbers grow, uh, blowing up in terms of growth. Uh, over annual Q4, Q1, Q2, and Q3 still to come, but we've got some key KPI indicators there already. Do due diligence, get to Agorcom, read about the company. If you're new to the company, watch the last couple of interviews we've done with Steve to show that whatever he said he's going to do,
the company is delivering. Those are powerful. Uh, and then hopefully you've all discovered your next great small cap company. Have an amazing day. Stay safe. Talk to you soon.